0: Thank you so much for that introduction. Listen, so I had to play that, had them play that because I love you too. Now, I love you, but I love you too. And uh, that's like my favorite band in the world. Uh, But also that, you know, uh, Bono, he called that a hymn of lament. And uh, I kind of think it's like the anthem. I know it's a long time ago, but it's kind of the anthem of my generation. We're out there, we're looking, and we're not finding it. But did you notice, do you know that those guys like know Jesus? Like Bono knows Jesus. And so what's the problem? I mean, isn't that the answer? He knows Jesus, but he's out there saying, I'm still looking. No, he knows that that Jesus carried the cross and all his shame, but he still hasn't found the answer. And see, I think there's a lot of us that actually we are in the same place. We know Jesus, we found life, but we're still saying, wait a second, there's just something missing. I'm looking for that purpose. I'm trying to find why am I here and what is God doing in my life? And it reminded me, actually, of uh, this picture that I, I remember when I was a kid. I went to the Denver Zoo, if you want to bring that picture up. I, re- I remember seeing this. And, you know, there's something there all along that you didn't even know was there. If you want to show us what's there, see that little mountain lion? It's kind of scary, actually, uh, just right there in the background. And, and it was there, but you just didn't know it. Or here's another picture. Uh, this one's a little easier to find, but there's something there uh, right there that's been there all along. I love this one. Can you find what's just hidden over there? You know, yeah, you bring it up right there. You can see it. So there's these things. This thing, purpose, is actually there all along. But we're out there saying, now where is it? How can I find it? What's my purpose? What's my call? And so Bono actually, I don't know if he knows the book of Ecclesiastes, but is actually he could have like pulled that song straight from this. I mean, it is the same heart and it is the same problem that King Solomon brings forward. So if you have your Bible, we're actually going to be in the book of Ecclesiastes uh, for this whole service. And you could open it up to the very first chapter. And you see the same heart cry that Bono has. I'm just looking and I can't find it. We see the exact same thing here with King Solomon. So let's go to Ecclesiastes 1.1. And so it's the words of the teacher, son of David, king in Jerusalem. That's why we believe Solomon wrote this. And look what he says. Meaningless. Meaningless, says the teacher, utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. What does man gain from all of his labor at which he toils under the sun? See, both Bono and Solomon know God, but they're looking for something else. They're looking for purpose. Now, there's two ways to learn things. You either believe what your mom said or you put the hand on the stove Now, how many of you are the put the hand on the stove kind of people, all right? Yeah, There's some of us learned that way. How many of you just believe what your mom said, all right? Now, this is a time. Listen, Solomon spends his whole life looking at these things, all right? This is a time that I'm gonna urge you, I'm gonna ask you, let's learn from what somebody else says here. Let's not waste our whole lives trying to figure out what it all means. When somebody here has wasted his whole life for us, And we can see what it's all about, and we can see what he concludes in the middle of this, all right? And it's no wonder Solomon has so much problem figuring it out, because he's got 300 wives. That makes it hard. How does the guy work that out, right? I mean, that makes it confusing right there. But so let's look and see where he goes to for purpose. And so we'll start where he looks for purpose in fun and in pleasure. So Ecclesiastes 2, verse 1. He says, chapter two, verse one, I thought in my heart, come now, and I will test you with pleasure to find out what is good. But that also proved to be meaningless. Jump down to verse four. I undertook great projects. I built houses for myself, planted vineyards. You know, one of the things about Solomon, uh, the reason that he was able to figure it out is he had unlimited resources. I mean, a lot of us, we keep looking because there's, there's another higher level to step. There's nowhere else for this guy to go, right? And so he made gardens and parks and planted all kinds of fruit trees in them. Down to verse 10. I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. Some of you are about to do that at the Super Bowl parties. You see the food before you. And I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all my work. And this was the reward for all my labor. So we actually see there's a moment. Wow, look at what I did. This is cool. But then what happens? Yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless. Chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. Looking and looking, but never finding what it is that we're looking for. Fun and pleasure just don't get us there. Now, I have a daughter who is a bit of a dirtbagger. And what that means is that she like lives in her car and she's like, hey, dad, I'm living in my car and I'm climbing uh, wherever at this park and I'm climbing here and I'm just going to, and then she lives for adrenaline, right? So, you know, she's rowing on the river in the summer and then she's skiing and, you know, working at the ski resorts in the winter and just living for adrenaline. And, you know, we were having a a conversation the other day and she said, you know, sometimes I just get tired of talking about the last climb. I get tired of talking about the last tracks that we put down in the." snow. And I can, I can relate because I've spent time with her. You know, she took me rafting on a multi-day trip. And sometimes I run into her dirtbagger friends and we hang out. And you know, you hear these stories. And you know what I usually think? After a while, I'm like, wow, you are incredible. And I'm bored. You know, can we talk about something else about the gnar that you shredded or, you know, the, the things that you're doing? And let's talk about anything else. for. Let's talk about dentistry for a little while. Just come on. Let, let's get beyond this. And you know, people come to our area, they move here for adventure, don't they? They move here for the beauty, they move here for fun and for pleasure and to be outdoors, and it's wonderful to be here. But listen to me, if it is your purpose, if you are living for adrenaline, if you're living for your activity, Solomon tells you how it ends. In the end, you look back, it's like, it's meaningless. In verse 3, You see, he says, well, I I tried cheering myself with wine. Anybody besides me tried that one for a while? You know, and you have these moments that, that are actually pretty fun. And then you wake up for a week or maybe even a lifetime of regret from those moments. It just doesn't satisfy. You have to go back to it again and again and more and more. It doesn't answer the question. So it's better. Fun is better than boring. But you know what? Fun and pleasure, it is not your purpose. So then he looks somewhere else. He looks somewhere that I think really culture is calling us, I think culture is saying this is the answer and he found that it isn't the answer. And so it's actually in chapter one verse 17 and it's learning, it's education, it's knowledge. He says, "Uh, then I applied myself to the understanding of wisdom and also of madness and folly, but I learned that this too is a chasing after the wind. For with much wisdom comes much sorrow. The more knowledge, the more grief. I mean, have you ever been there? Have you ever been in a place where you just kind of wish you didn't know? I was happier before I knew this thing. And where does all our knowledge and where does all our learning get us? I had a uh, Shakespeare professor when I was getting my English degree at Colorado State. And now I wasn't in this classroom, uh, but a friend of mine who uh, had the same professor told me that that during one of his lectures, that uh, a girl about 19 years old, you know, she raises her hand and she says, well, now this might be a stupid question. And he says, no, now wait a second. There's no such thing as a stupid question. And then she asks the question and he says, except for that one, next question. Now, I, I know that that's kind of cute and it's kind of funny, but think about it. Is that what we get for our knowledge? To make a 19-year-old girl feel like she's an idiot? I mean, be careful of knowledge. Because with it often comes pride. Now, we need knowledge. without you know, People perish for a lack of knowledge. We need to understand. And we need to grow in our understanding. But just be careful because pride often comes with it. Because knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. And those of you if like me if you've been in this for a little while you've been following jesus you've been reading his word you've been studying you've been gaining in knowledge just be careful watch out for pride if you have knowledge without grace knowledge without love it is a dangerous hurtful kind of thing and so we need knowledge but without love it's it's a scary thing and so wisdom wisdom is better than folly for sure but you know what knowledge is not purpose learning does not give you purpose so he looks elsewhere let's go over to chapter 5 we'll go to verse 10 and he looks at a place that many of us look for our purpose and he says okay whoever loves money never has money enough whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with his income this too is meaningless as goods increase, so do those who consume them. And what benefit are they to the owner except to feast his eyes on them? Now, is there anyone here who could use a little bit more money? I could use a little bit more money. But here's the question. What will happen when you get it? You could still use a little more money. I have never gone home and you know, kind of looked around and said, you know, Gina, we just have too much money around this place. What are we going to do with all this extra money? Now, but if you go, just try it. Go to Haiti for a week. You know, we went to Haiti for a week. And you look at how people live. You come back here and you understand we are incredibly wealthy. We're extravagantly rich. Yet we want more. We need more. When will we be satisfied? Money is helpful and it could be used for really amazing good things. But money is not your purpose. And so then he looks over in 2, chapter 2, verse 17, looking to something else. And look at, it's amazing. This is what a life brings that's looking for purpose in the wrong places. This is why I want you to heed his words instead of having to figure this out for yourself because this is where it will lead you. It says, and so I hated life. I mean, he has everything. And his conclusion is I hated life because the work that is done under the sun was grievous to me. All of it is meaningless, a chasing after the wind. I hated all the things I had toiled for under the sun. And, and, you know, it's funny because he's talking about his own kids, but I must leave them to the one who comes after me. And who knows whether he'll be a wise man or a fool. Yet he'll have control over all the work into which I have poured my effort and skill under the sun." You know, we live in a culture where there is so much emphasis on our careers and there's so much emphasis on our advancement and we think our career is our call and our purpose, but it's not. In my last career, I came in, I started as an associate editor. It's like the lowest editor you can be. And then just through time and through God's grace and through his favor, I became the vice president over the publishing arm. I I ran the whole publishing division there. And you know the difference between the two? Do you know what I got for all that advancement, all that moving forward in my career? I got a lot of problems. Now, I got some adrenaline, but boy, I had like human resource nightmares. Like, what did you do and how are we going to do this? But I'll tell you what, between the beginning and the end, I did not have one ounce more purpose. It didn't bring any purpose to me. Mostly, it just brought problems. Problems now i hope you love your job and i and i pray for success for your career and i hope you advance in your career and that you would use that for the glory of god but listen it's not your purpose your career is its just such a a lie that american culture has i mean what do you do what are you going to be the real question is who are you right so what is, what is our purpose? Well, here we find the end. At the end, I think of Solomon's life, and at the end of the book here, if you go to Ecclesiastes chapter 12, we see the conclusion. We see his purpose. Finally, he gets the answer in verse 13, chapter 12. He says, okay, I did it all. I had everything. I tried everything. And he says, now all has been heard. And here is the conclusion of the matter. Here's the answer finally after all that, after 12 chapters of just looking and looking and everything is meaningless. This is the real answer. Fear God. Keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. And that's not the end. There's just a little bit more. He says, for God will bring every deed into judgment, every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. And see, this here, this is why Bono and this is why Solomon and this is why so many people here right now are still looking and they still haven't found what they're looking for. This is the deal. Right? Catch this right now. If you, you see, you don't find your purpose in what you do. You find your purpose. You bring your purpose to it. Boy, I messed that up. That was like the key of the whole thing. You don't find your purpose in what you do. You bring your purpose to it. You don't find it, you bring it. See, it's there the whole time. It's like those animals. They were just sitting there the whole time. You just didn't see it. There's purpose right here. See, purpose isn't an activity. Purpose is a mindset. See, it's kind of like this. You don't find the party, you are the party. You know people who like are the party, they bring the party with them? I want to tell you something, you bring the purpose to the party. When you show up, purpose shows up when you show up meaning shows up you don't get it from them because you're supposed to bring it to it and verse 14 says that now this is powerful catch this every deed it's actually a little sobering here that every deed that we do will come into judgment that means we're going to answer to everything and so the answer to the meaningless here is that did we make every moment count before God? Because every moment matters to Him. Everything you do, you're either bringing good or you're bringing evil in the middle of it. Everything you do, which purpose are you going to bring to it? See, purpose, it's not a pursuit that we're chasing after. It's a lifestyle. So we're talking about this Rhythms. Every day, in everything, it is a lifestyle to bring purpose and meaning to everything that God calls us to. It's not found, it's brought. Ephesians 6, there's this uh, chapter where Paul, it's really interesting. He says, children, obey your parents. And then he says, and slaves obey your masters. Now, I want you to understand that this is not a biblical endorsement of slavery, okay? And so a couple things. First of all, first-century slavery is nothing like the slavery that you and I have in mind, and that we've read about. It's more like indentured servants. But we also know in First 1 Timothy 1.10 that Paul he gives this list of rebels and wicked and the ungodly, and one of the things he says is slave traders. Human trafficking and, and slavery is evil. It's clear in Scripture. But the reason that Paul brings this up in Ephesians 6, the reason that I want to talk to you about this is that what he is saying is that even if you find yourself in that horrible, ungodly circumstances, that even there you can have purpose. Now think about this. Think about a slave's answer to all of our questions that we're asking about who we are, right? No. how about this one? Am I living up to my full potential? What would a slave say? no. How about this? What is my path to advancement here in this career? There is none. But is there purpose while I am here for a first century slave? And the answer is yes. And if there is purpose even in that horrible, ungodly circumstance, then listen, there is purpose for you. There is meaning for whatever God has you for or wherever God has you. And so then he says, so look to Jesus. Treat them like you, if, you're, if you find yourself in that situation, serve them like you would serve God. Honor them like you would honor Jesus. He's saying, look for Jesus in your job. Look for Jesus wherever you are. Solomon's conclusion, he says, fear God and keep his commandments. Now the Hebrew word for fear is yare. And it means to have this profound respect, to stand actually in awe and wonder. I mean, bordering on terror here when we understand who God is and how holy God is. Scripture tells us actually that's where it starts. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And that you can't even begin with God until you understand how holy and powerful and just He is and how much you need Him how much trouble we are in without him. I mean, that's the beginning. You have to know where you stand before him if you're going to come to him. And we see here that he is not one to be trifled with. I mean, in the Bible, you can't even look him in the face without falling on the ground. Think of of the people right now just who have like the, the biggest insults towards God. I mean, those ones who would just like shake their fist at him and, and, you know, what they think that they would do if they stood before him. Now, the ones who are most resistant, most antagonistic, most hateful towards God, you know what's gonna happen when they see God face to face? The exact same thing that's gonna happen to every single one of us. Even the most proud mocker, they won't shake their fist at God. You know what they'll do? Just like you and I, they'll get on their knees and their tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father, just like your tongue and my tongue will, when we see his greatness. Now thankfully, we can walk into that and we don't have fear of him. We're not afraid of him, I should say. That He's gonna smite us or that he's against us because Jesus has made the way and in his eyes we are holy and just and we can now stand before him because of what Christ has done. But I want you to remember that every deed, it says, that's what the Bible says, that every deed will come into judgment whether it is of God or opposed to God, whether it is good or evil, whether it's obedient to his command or it's interrupting his commands. Now, it's not too difficult. It's not too complicated because there's really only one or two questions we have to ask. I mean, what are his two greatest commandments? They're right up on our wall. They're our mission. Love God and love others. Not just the mission of this church, but actually, I would say, the purpose of our life. See, here is the rhythm. Here is the discipline. Here is the pursuit and the practice of purpose. And it's in every moment you bring this to you, every moment, love God, love others. That's where we find meaning. See, then if you in every moment will love God and love others, you will bring purpose to everything. I've had a chance to do uh, some goose hunting this uh, Uh, season and I've loved it and I've had fun and you know what I would say that it's worship I mean there's purpose in it I go out and like freezing cold but still just loving being out there connecting with other people being with friends and see so next time that you want to go fishing you can just tell you can honey I have to go I have to go live my purpose (laughs) it's all right tell them that but not just that suffering you know, why do we suffer? And sure, God, sometimes he builds things in us and, and he's working in us. I mean, God is always bringing good in every situation. But see, before that even comes, in the middle of suffering, there is already purpose. And the purpose is found in the way that we go through our suffering. Do we love God and do we love others in the middle of it? Has anybody here ever just kind of felt like pushed to the side, relegated? So, you know, in that career that I was talking about, before it really took off, there was this moment where I was an editor and they moved me over to children's curriculum revisions. It was like editor hell. It was the worst place to possibly be. It was so boring. And then uh, my boss, actually, he gave me for Christmas, he gave me a book, and the title of the book was Dig Your Well Before You're Thirsty. Do you know what he was saying? You don't have much of a future here. I got that from my boss. And you know, that was where I was just kind of overcast to the side. I was like, oh, I hate this. But you know what? That moment, that time, that season was actually preparation. There's a humbling that God was doing in my life. There's a work see if I would persist, if I would continue through this thing that I didn't like. And it was after that that things just like took off. They went crazy. I just kept moving and moving and moving. And I want you to understand that even when you are being set aside, you have purpose. Even when you think, like, this is useless, why am I here? You bring the purpose to it. See, your ministry, listen, there is a difference between your call and your purpose. Even ministry is not your purpose. Now, Ephesians 2.10 says you need to do stuff, that there are works of service that are prepared for you in advance, and I think every single one of us should be on a dream team. I think every one of us, and, and you don't have to do it here at this church, but you should be serving somewhere. Because there's lessons that you learn when you lay down your lives, when you volunteer, when when you're part of a dream team, that you just can't learn anywhere else. And it's joyful and it's life-giving, and you will benefit, I'll tell you that, that God has actually set these things up for you to do. You need to do stuff. But listen, stuff isn't your purpose. It's just a place that you express your purpose. And there's meaning in it, and it's rich, and it's full but we actually bring the purpose to it. See, I am called to pastor, but pastoring is not my purpose. Fearing God, obeying God, loving God, loving others, that is the meaning of my life, wherever God has me. And the beautiful thing about that then is, that, and I, I hope it doesn't happen, I don't want it to happen because I love being here right now, but if God removes me from it, I still have my purpose. You can take it away from me and you haven't taken away my identity. You haven't taken away the meaning of my life. So uh, in about a a year, the council has uh, offered uh, that I can take a a little sabbatical. My family can. So about a year from now, our plan is to take a short sabbatical. And I already know what I want to do. I want to go just for a few weeks, few months, I want to serve in another ministry, just like cleaning toilets and just, just someplace where I don't have to make any decisions and someplace where I don't have to be Pastor Carl again because I want to find that place again. I want to remember who I am as just a child of God, Carl. Where I remember that, that this right here, this isn't my identity. And whatever you're doing right now, that is not your identity and it's not your purpose. It's found in here. You bring your purpose to you. You bring your purpose to the things that you're doing. So uh, yesterday, um, I was at Arnie Chavez's funeral, you know, who was one of our pastors here. And you know what? It was just different. There's just something different about being at a person's funeral who lived their life with so much purpose. Purpose. Wherever that guy was, went you know he brought purpose, the purpose of Christ. Because you know what he he started off as a brawler and God turned him into a lover. God changed him, and so wherever he went, as he went into the neighborhoods and took our ministry into the neighborhoods, he brought the purpose of Jesus with him. Thankful for Jeremy, who's continuing that on, and the team who's moving that forward. But it was just so beautiful to hear story after story about, and and see, this is how God touched me through him. and This is how God touched me, and this is how God touched me. What a beautiful thing. And I was talking with some friends from our church at the reception, and we were talking about how um, Arnie started our, our staff prayer. So right there in the little coffee shop, every Tuesday the staff gets together and we pray. And he began that because he said, you know, the church goes forward on its knees. That's what he always said. And so he would start to pray, and he invited everyone to pray. And you know who came? Nobody. Now, you think we would do better as a church staff, right? But it was just him. And then sometimes it was him and his wife, Yoli. And then sometimes it was him and a few other people. And then sometimes it would be just him again. But he would keep praying, and he kept going. And you know what happens now every single week? There's 20, sometimes 30 people, and we all come and we pray. But, you know, we were talking about that, and we, and we said, you know, one of the beautiful things about Arnie is he didn't care about success, he cared about faithfulness. It didn't matter to him if it looked really good. So many of us are like, oh, well, this isn't working, and so, so forget it. But he's like, no, this is what God called me to do. And if a lot of people come or no one comes, it doesn't matter because I'm going to do what God called me to do. I'm not looking for success for purpose. I bring the purpose with me in all I do. So moms, I, I can tell you this because we're, we're experiencing this at some level right now. When your kids leave the nest, you still have purpose. They are not your purpose. They are a place for you to express your purpose, but they are not your purpose. And dads, I can tell you because we're so afraid of failure or losing our job or or, or just falling down and not providing. Listen, all that can be gone, and you still have purpose. And they can take your hobbies, and they can take your influence, and they can take your job, and they can take your health, and they can even take your freedom, and you still have meaning, and you still have purpose. And yes, you need to fish and you need to quilt or you need to dirt bike or you need to hike or jeep or you need to do whatever those things are, do it. But remember that it's a place to express your purpose. It's not a place to find your purpose. Remember that every single moment matters. And there's a big list in scripture of things we're to do in the middle of you know, always do justly, love mercy, walk humbly bring praise and thanksgiving bring show compassion show kindness walk in peace and joy in the midst of what we do but really you just need two things you need two things to live your purpose all the time and the first one we already talked about is love and the second one is faith hebrews 11:6. 6 without faith it is impossible to please god We have to believe that he exists we have we have to move forward with our eyes on him and so this is the definition of fearing god it is believing that he exists loving him with all your heart and obeying and following his commands so we live according to his word in everything we do and we believe in his promises in every step we take and we step forward expecting him to meet us and expecting him to move And if you want purpose in your life, if you want to find that thing that that you still haven't found that you're looking for, in every moment, just choose faith and just choose love. And so, Bono, actually, I have your answer. You're right. It's not out there. And you're so close. If you would just come to the end of the story here, if you would come to the end of Solomon's book, you would see that your purpose actually, it was there all along. What you were looking for was all along right there. You just couldn't see it because it wasn't found out there, it's found right here. You don't find purpose, you bring purpose. In everything you do, you bring faith and you bring love. Anybody here ever been in a spiritual desert it's like, where's God in the middle of this? Listen, purpose is there. You know why? Because He is there. You ever been in a place where you're just kind of plowing the dirt and it's just not working? It is just such hard ground. And I'll tell you what, purpose is there because He is there. See, we have a God that we're in, we're in the middle of the desert and that's where we find manna and provision. We, we serve a God that brings water out of the hardest stone. Psalm eighty-one sixteen. He says, with honey, I will satisfy you. See, we we find provision, and we find purpose, and we find life in the driest places. We find life and provision in in the hardest places. That he is there, and we find it because we bring him, and we bring purpose to it. So, Lord, we just thank you so much, God, that, that you are always here and you are always near. And Lord, if there's anyone here who doesn't know you, I just pray that they would give their heart and they would give their life to you right now, Lord, that they can find their real purpose. And Lord, for those of us who do know you, Lord, I pray that we would just walk in it, we would quit looking for other things to satisfy, but to know that you are the great provider. Lord, that all we want, all we can find is found in you and we carry it with us because your spirit is within us. In Jesus' name.